time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean movies, dramas, and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. Oh, check it out. With Paul. The new season of Check It Out on Hashtag Daily K and Stacey says, nice haircut look, Paul Matthews. You are a supermodel. Oh, thanks. It's, it's the same hair. It just gets longer. Yeah, that's the great thing about hair. Every week is kind of a new haircut slash style, I suppose, as I, it I grows know, and the, grows. The other problem is, is that, yes, yeah, some of the hair gets longer and some of the hair falls out. <laughs> Does some of your hair, do you sometimes see it fall out, like when you've washed your hair or something like that? Well, sure, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, everybody loses hair anyway. Yeah, but you've got the same amount of hair, I'm sure, since I first met you, Paul. It looks about it's the thinner. same. It's a little bit thinner. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't notice whatsoever. It's okay. I apologise, Paul, on the video stream. You're sucking away on your orange juice. And, you know, humble brag, yeah, I bought coffee for everyone because I'm generous like that. And I bought freshly squeezed orange juice for Paul. And he still complained because, yeah, you did ask for apple juice. I did ask for apple juice. I do apologise. Specifically apple juice. I was in the mood for apples. And I, what do I get? Oranges. What I remember from our conversation was... Uh, you know, you said you didn't want anything, so I pushed you because I'm generous like that. And then you said, OK, get me a fruit juice. And it seemed like you didn't really care. But then you said, yeah, maybe an apple. No, I didn't say maybe an apple. I said, get me apple juice. All right. It was very specific. I, I didn't say fruit juice. I said apple juice. I didn't say orange. didn't say grapefruit. Well, don't drink any more of that, OK? In fact, spit out, regurgitate the amount that you've already drunk, please. And then Listeners, maybe... I'm so sorry about this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new season. I thought we were starting off afresh. Yeah, no clean slates here. Oh, I hold dear. a grudge. Have you had a good week since we last saw you, Paul? I've had a good week. My my brother and uh, his wife are in town. Wow. They're here for a week and a half. So from we, the UK? Yeah, from the oh. UK. So we met up last night. We had the most fantastic barbecue. Oh. Maybe a few too many drinks, but had a very good time. <laughs> oh, have they been to Korea before? Uh, yes, they've been a, a couple of times. Do they enjoy it? They do, Well, I, yeah, they wouldn't <laughs> be here otherwise. I thought they were here just for you, of course. You're the Sure, drawer. but they're also here to sort of see the sights because Seoul has so many great cultural opportunities, mm. lots of great art museums and exhibitions, that they're just going to do their own thing for a lot of the time, and Ooh. then uh, we'll meet up and eat delicious things together. Nice. Are they planning on going anywhere, like, outside of Seoul at all? Uh, we might go to Incheon. We found a grilled fish restaurant on Ooh. the seafront. Wow. So we may head there this weekend. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? Uh, today's mm. book, what are we looking at? Did we preview this book last week? Because I totally don't remember this title or the translator's name. I yeah, we did, we did preview it at the end of the show. but I've got um, a bad memory. It's a new season, Peter. It's okay. fine. No, yep. I'm very excited because we got a new translation for the new season. This only came yes. out just a couple of weeks ago. Wow. It's a fantastic book. It's called Walking Practice and it's written by uh, Dolkimin and it's translated by Victoria Cordell. The Korean title is Bo Heng Yansup. Poor Heng Yunsup. I think we've got a picture of the uh, cover here at the moment. That's, That's a, a literal, Korean cover, yes. Literal translation, right? Uh, yeah, but there's a, there's a good reason why it's called walking practice, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Oh. It's a very strange and sometimes quite scary story about an alien who's been trapped on Earth for 15 years <gasps> and who survives and thrives by meeting, uh, greeting, and uh, eating strangers. <laughs> 
that all rhymes, but it's all true in this book, is it? Uh, yeah, no, this is fiction. I should say, this okay. is not This is not real life. It is fiction. <laughs> OK. Uh, that sounds good. So if this came out just a couple of weeks ago, we might be the first people reading excerpts on radio in English, perhaps. Perhaps. I, d- I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think we are. OK, well, I'm just very happy we get to feature it. <laughs> Fabulous stuff. James H is on board saying, happy Wednesday. Hope everyone's good. I've just got done with work. Perfect timing. Have we talked about this author, Dolgi Min? I don't think so. No, it's our first time featuring him. It's also his first book. Um, oh. He's a little bit of a mysterious figure. I can't tell you too much about him because it's a pen name. Oh. So we don't know his actual name. He uses this pseudonym. He might be an alien eating humans. No, he's, I think he is human. <laughs> um, but he also only appears in a mask. When he's being interviewed, he actually wears a mask. Really? Yeah. So he's really like keen on this kind of uh, pen name persona, not wanting to unveil. A bit like Daft Punk, perhaps, with their helmets. Uh, perhaps. But it adds to the mystery of mm. it. Um, what's interesting, though, is this book, Walking Practice, he, he self-published it at first. Wow. It's sort of really indie. And then it got picked up by the publisher who released it both in Korean and English. Amazing. And the reason it uh, got translated into English is because a friend of the show, Soje, yeah. gave Victoria Cordell a copy as a present, uh-huh. and then she got in touch with Dolgi Min and then got to translating, and now we have the actual book. That's fabulous, isn't it? These days, yeah, the barriers to publishing a book have really come down with self-publishing that pretty much anyone can do. Uh, I think in some cases you don't even need that much capital. One of our old guests, you know, Karina Ni, she did it by Amma Blank and apparently they'll just print it when it's ordered, which is pretty cool as well. Yeah, but I I think the main thing is getting word out. Mm. It's always difficult to get people knowing about, you know, the book that you've written. And the good thing is that a big publisher picking up like this means lots of people get to read it. That's fabulous. So apart from being Soja's friend, who is Victoria Cordell? Uh, it's our first time featuring her as mm-hmm. well. Um, it, it's also her first novel length translation. So congratulations to her. She studied literary translation at the University of East Anglia. East Anglia, yes. Norwich. And uh, went on to do modern Korean literature at uh, SNU. Mm. And she's doing a PhD at the moment at UCLA. Wow. Um, she also attended the LTI Korea Translation Academy. <gasps> she's a member of a really interesting group of translators called the Smoking Tigers. <laughs> wow. Um, who, are, who are Korean to English translators. And they sort of they have their own website and they all support each other. Nice. Um, and you can find some of the other translations online, sort of shorter work for free as well, if you search for Victoria Cordell. Really? I'm wondering if she's British then if she studied at the University of East Anglia. It does sound like a very British name, doesn't it? Uh, first excerpt, where are we going to pick up the story? Almost at the very beginning, and uh, we get introduced to this narrator, this very interesting, quite curious narrator. It must have been two or three years after I settled down here. I didn't really have anything to do, nor any place in particular I needed to be. So I prowled the streets until, exhausted with nothing to show for it, I dragged my body to a bus stop. No, I must have brought myself there unconsciously. I I didn't plan to take the bus home, but in those days I was unaware that the subway stopped running at a certain time. I had seen people hail taxis a few times, but the prospect of trying it myself overwhelmed me with fear. Back then, 
just raising a hand up so that a driver could see it was an onerous task. I wouldn't have been able to endure the scrutiny of someone looking directly at the shape of my hand. Just imagining it made my hair stand on end. If I am to be completely honest, it keeps me from catching taxis to this day. Once, I plucked up the courage and stuck my hand out to hail one, and a toe popped out my elbow. The taxi driver, eyes nearly popping out of his head, yanked the wheel and sped away. From then on, I've always kept my distance from taxis. But there are steep stairs on buses. There are no step buses now, but they've only just been introduced to the fleet. The first time I took public transportation, the height of the stairs was much greater than I expected, and I worried if I would even be able to climb them. All the stairs I'd practiced on until then had been of negligible height and width. I grappled with gravity and climbed aboard the bus, claiming a small victory. The ascent was so laborious that I felt my bones might crumble, but the sense of accomplishment pleased me greatly. I thought the only thing left was to deposit my fare and find a seat, but before I could even catch my breath, the bus driver stomped on the accelerator and I tumbled to the back and got wedged under the bench. I was coated in dirt and sweat and droplets of blood. Shocked, I couldn't move a muscle, nor did I have the leisure to feel shame. The driver swore like nothing I'd heard before and the other passengers jeered. They didn't even try to help. It never crossed their minds to reach out a hand, grab me by the tentacle and pull me up. Oh, I was in far too disgusting of a state to arouse sympathy and a willingness to help. The high degree of concentration required to maintain my human-like form was in tatters. My eyeballs drifted in opposite directions, my arms and legs contorted, and my abdomen swelled up like a balloon. They must have been thinking, if only you were just a little less repulsive, I would step forward and lend a hand. I don't remember how I managed to get home after that. It was as if someone had extracted the splinters of memory from inside my head, like you would pluck a thorn from your skin. When I opened my eyes, I was sprawled out on the floor of my inky black living room. My shoes and clothes had burst apart like the carcass of a cat crushed beneath the tire of a car, unable to withstand my form. Painfully hungry, I could have killed on the spot. Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City, 88.1 in Seogipu City, 101.9 in the Daejeong area. We're back for part two. Check it out with Paul. And that track was Stray Kids, Wegain, Alien. It seems like this is going to feature heavily in today's story, The Alien. Um, we got lots of messages from you guys as well. Uh, Siska saying, the taxi driver, let me imagine E.J. Hun now. Almost such a dramatic scene. Oh, from <laughs> Taxi Driver, the drama. I'm sure uh, that taxi driver was not like a big character in this plot. Uh, no, this is just a, one little incident in this alien's life. And Leon's asking, so is this alien the main character of the story? Yes, Leon. <laughs> and the writer, he says, uh, right, the whole scene so wittily, though. I'm already enjoying the story. I'm glad, Leon. I loved this book. It is um, really quite eye-opening. It's unlike anything I've read in quite a while. And mm. I really highly recommend it. Oh, that's good. Uh, Tropic Girl saying, grab me by the tentacle. Two came through my elbow. What, what kind of fifth element <laughs> character is this? It's, it's, they're an alien. 
Yeah, what got issues? Yeah, I don't understand. So uh, it's got a human form when it tries towards the end of the reading. I I could see that it's got to concentrate to have that form, and then it kind of bursts out of its clothes at the end and everything. Yeah, they have a lot of problems. (laughs) They've they've landed on Earth. They're stuck here. They have to navigate the city. And transforming into a human and staying in human form is really exhausting for them. Okay. And they're also pretty disgusted by the humans around them. Oh, dear. Well, Aaron says that they would feel sorry for the alien, like I was at the beginning of that reading. And then except about the eating people part that we talked well, about. Well, you know, you've got to survive somehow. And, okay. and this is what the alien has to do. They're, they're on their way to meet a man. They've arranged a meet-up in a chat room. Okay. And they're also wondering if we, the readers, are curious about their gender. Oh, so they kind of talk to the readers. Yes. Uh-huh. And they, they say, so. you know, they talk about how it's only when a gender has been assigned that you're seen as human here mm. on Earth, and how anxious some people can be when they can't tell what gender someone is. Oh. And then they reveal their gender to us. They say, don't worry, I'm, hum- I'm, I'm, I'm a female, uh-huh. at least until my work is done for today. <laughs> so this is kind of maybe looking at that issue as well through the story. Oh, absolutely, oh. yes. Um, and the work is, well, hunting and eating. <laughs> uh, the big issue, though, hence the title, Walking Practice, is walking. Oh. Walking is really tough, especially walking upstairs. Uh-huh. Even after 15 years, it's still really tough for them. The issue is the man they're meeting lives on the 16th floor of a building. Uh-huh. And he texts them to say the elevator's not working. Uh-oh. And so we have this big struggle, struggle as they try to get up these 16 <laughs> flights of stairs. <laughs> But then once they get up there, well, they get what they've come for. A good meal (laughs) and lots of leftovers to take home and stick in the fridge. Do we know if this alien can only eat people or they're choosing to do this? When the alien first arrived on Earth, they tried eating all sorts of things. Uh But they got sick or Uh they weren't satisfied. And then they found that, well, actually, humans did the trick. Okay. Yeah. And and they also enjoy the time with the man before they feast on him. Um, But they're busy. They've got lots of appointments today. Um, and as, as I just said, they, they, they'd run out of their own food. So the only thing that satisfies them is the humans. Multiple people, like, a day. Well, yeah, they're a growing alien. Okay. <laughs> so they go back home. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is once they go back home, once they're safe in their, their house in the, in the woods, in yeah. nature, their narration starts to unravel. The words on the page get stretched and broken. Like literally? Yeah, literally. Oh, wow. The typo- typography. <laughs> so, so the text becomes more alien in its form oh. as they relax back into their original form, wow. which is very much not human. That's cool. Yeah, and then we witness them preparing for another meeting. This time, they're not going to be female. They're going to be male. They're going to be a man. Mm-hmm. So they transform. They check themselves to make sure every physical detail is how it should be. And then they head out on another mission. Uh-huh. However, the second mission does not go so smoothly. Oh, no. For the very first time, they make a mistake. Their <gasps> prey almost escapes, but Uh-oh. not quite. Oh. It's, a, it's a big ordeal. <laughs> they get back home, they recuperate, and they've got to make plans for their next meal, and they have to get it right this time. And they talk to us, the reader, about what it takes to change themselves into a woman. All right, let's hear about that. But before I step onto the stage, I have something left to prepare. Before the cameras are operating, an actor must first become their character, and they must wear the costume that fits the character. 
I'll be playing the part of a woman in her late 20s. Acting as a woman is far more intricate than acting as a man. Men can walk however they like, but a woman must walk like a woman. However they like means walking with their legs splayed and their shoulders shaking. Like a woman means turning your knees inward and jiggling your bum. I don't need to spell it out for you. Those who know, know and execute it with their bodies. They put effort into the execution. They will often fail. They'll be scared of failure. They'll give up too. It's actually hard to tell walking styles apart by gender because it's all in your head. That's why when I was first learning to walk like a human, I couldn't for the life of me figure out the difference between men and women. In my eyes, all humans looked exactly the same. I thought that things that look alike move alike. To put it a different way, I wondered how it was even possible to divide something with so many visible variants into just two groups. But humans keep bringing up their criteria and judge me by it. In the subway, in the street, in restaurants, in shopping malls, in parks, their expressions and words that question my humanity irrespective of where I am made me tear myself apart and rebuild myself piece by piece. I've invested close to 10 years of my time frigging out what exactly their criteria are. My conclusion is that there are no such criteria, so I just learned how to act as if there were. Um, how shall I put it? I, I figured out how to read mainstream body trends. Two trends with blurred and fluid boundaries. I've picked up how to pretend they can be explained when they are inexplicable. Criteria are like glass. As long as they're respected and held without dropping them, they'll stay solid and won't break. I made myself complicit in humanity's scam and adapted myself to the local ecosystem. That being said, I still don't feel an intimate sense of belonging. But at least I don't starve. Since we're already talking about this BS, why don't I go on? When you want to be a woman, follow my advice. Speak in a thin, pretty voice. It has to be high-pitched. Try pushing it up into your nose. Cover your mouth when you laugh. Press down firmly and neatly when writing. Grow your hair to your shoulders. Curls are discouraged. Flap your wrists often. Show enthusiasm about grocery shopping and cooking. Beef up your cooking skills. Be unfailingly kind to others, especially men. Use your charm to get out of danger. Fall in love with a man. Eat very little. Even if you really want to finish it, leave some on your plate. And make sure you attain a slim figure and maintain it for your whole life. Play dumb, with no regard for your actual intelligence. Disparage your driving. Be chatty. Try your best to sincerely enjoy cleaning and doing laundry. Think of weakness as a virtue and let your strength rot away. Wear makeup even in your dreams. Wear bright clothing. <laughs> Wow, it's a bit of a rant. It seems like from this alien's perspective, it's all a bunch of nonsense, right? It is, but they've, <laughs> they've got to play along and they've got to practice walking. They've got to look the part if they're going to fit in with this uh, scam by humanity. Yeah, and it, it seems that it's pretty tough for them, especially this way, being a woman rather than a man, right? Uh, yeah, but the whole, the whole business, all of it is really, really tough. But yes, especially being a woman is a lot harder, which is true in everyday life I as think well. So. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of memorization. Um, and they're exhausted. They're, they're heading out on another trip from right. their isolated forest home, back on the subway. Um, they just want to sleep. But they've got to deal. There's an old man who's trying to touch them, and they have to deal with him. And one simple, swift move does something. Well, he's never going to touch anyone ever again. Uh-oh. 
And uh, they also have to deal with a guy when they get off the subway who insists on helping them with their bag, mm. even when they say politely no and refuse. He persists and persists and persists, and Uh-oh. as he's talking at them, they're imagining killing him. <laughs> and when he finally lets go, he wants their number. You know that was the whole purpose of him yeah. doing it. And so they just—they've had enough. They insult him. Uh, <laughs> they send him off, and they move on. And they dream of him being in the fridge. Wow. And then their next encounter: uh-huh. um, someone who's not been so truthful about their appearance on the <laughs> chat app. Okay. Much bigger than they were claiming to be. But actually, their time together is something that's more wonderful than they had ever expected. Oh, and they actually decide to leave them alive. Interesting. Stay hungry rather than um, do the deed, as it were. Wow. And then there's someone else who's chatting with them on the app,、mm. and this person is really, really likes to talk a lot. Okay. And as they're talking, they confess to this person、yeah. that they're an alien. Tell them all sorts of details about how they came here, what their life is like, and this other person plays along. I think it's a joke, I guess. Possibly, we don't know if they、mm. take them seriously or not. But then it's time to meet them,、uh, and they're on the subway again, and they don't like it, and they <laughs> rant to us about humanity. But then they calm down. Okay, we'll get to our third and final reading of this really interesting story. Hi, it's your radio from Dashandao. Where are you listening from? Let us know. Leave it at arirangradio.com. I've calmed down now. Spitting out how I truly feel has cleared my head. Dear reader, are you still there? I've come back. I'm sitting sweetly in the corner of a train, heading to my destination. I won't shout. I won't swear. I won't blame anyone else. I won't apologise when I'm not sorry. I'll get a little shut-eye before I meet him. My apologies. Goodbye. The clouds are growing dark and heavy. The cold wind blows sharp and furious. Soon it will rain. I'm sitting, waiting for him, on a wooden bench gone flaccid from sucking up the humidity. We've made plans to meet in the park before walking to a motel. Ah,、oh, raindrops are starting to wet the ground, but not enough to warrant an umbrella yet. Since I wore a waterproof tracksuit, matching quite well with my hiking bag, a few drops of rain won't hurt me. When will he show up? It's been ten minutes already. I'm someone who values time as much as life, although I don't really have any intention of valuing his life. I'm here. Could you step out a bit more? I don't see you. I'm sitting on the bench over here. Hurry up! Why weren't you on time? Ah,、oh, sorry. Please walk fifty meters over here. Pretty please. You're gonna have to walk this way anyways when we go to the motel. My heart tries to bully me into taking out my blades, but I neatly tuck it away beneath my ribs and, thinking I have nothing to lose, follow his orders. However. All I can see are the dreary lawns, skinny saplings tied to support stakes, and rain-drenched pigeons. Where are you? Three more steps. Jeez, hurry up! Yep,、yeah, yep,、yeah, that's it. Bam! A steel pipe crashes into the back of my head. Helpless, I collapse, slamming my chin into the brick path. 
A viscous milk-like liquid gushes from the rip in my scalp. It pushes its way through my hair, cuts across my cheek, and clings to my lips and the tip of my nose before drip, drip, dripping to the ground. It's been a long time since I've tasted my own blood. Tart and bittersweet. My arms and legs are stuck at two apiece. I, I may be dazed, but it feels that way. It seems my body has not returned to its pre-transformed form. The blow wasn't strong enough to snap my rubber bands, but I'm, I'm not stable. I'm growing weaker by the second, like a balloon flying through the sky, vomiting out its air. Right on cue, I hear the sounds of an excited gang surrounding me. Aww. I'll be honest, I was expecting it to be a romantic entanglement with another alien and they were going to live happily ever after. But this other person has smashed the alien over the back of the head with a steel pipe. Perhaps. In an unromantic fashion, I'm, I'm not. Assuming. I'm not going to say any more. This is not the end of the book. There's plenty more to go, but I'm stopping here. <sighs> I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger because you got to go and get this book. You have to buy a copy or borrow a copy from the library because the ending is perhaps not what you're expecting and it <laughs> took my breath away when i read it really I, I read the whole thing in one sitting um, and it's not a short story it's a novel it's oh. a shortish novel but okay. it's really really good but it is quite full-on wow um I, if i was to have one sentence to sum this up because mm. this is what we're doing on the new season having yes. one sentence that oh. says what this is okay i would say this book is horribly beautiful and beautifully horrible <laughs> I feel that is your space. You like these stories that are I those do. things. <laughs> I really like it because it's 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 speaking of the other, it's speaking of the margins of society, it's speaking of those who don't conform. Mm. Um and it's speaking of, you know, issues of body image, of loneliness, of gender identity. You know, it's not just here in Korea, but all over the world, we're told we have to conform to social norms. Mm. We have to look this way, or we have to walk this way, or we have to be like this, or talk like this. Yeah, maybe more so here than in places, maybe than the UK where I'm from and that experience. So th this book is kind of from the... Korean perspective. We know this is career in this book as well. Yeah, the, okay. well, this is well, it's not specifically okay. said, but yes, it's yeah. it's career and and the pressure to fit in in Korea is really big, but mm. also the pressure to look the right way. Absolutely, is really really big. Um, these days, what's interesting for me is there's this trend mm. that's come up in the past couple of years of the uh, body profile photos. We call them bapu. In yeah. Korean, because we like to abbreviate everything. Yeah, <laughs> and these are photos that people in their 20s or 30s uh, will get fit for, will exercise for, and then they will, they will take these photos, showing them off in their best light. Mm -hmm. um, but there's pressure, because if your peers are taking <sighs> body profile photos, then yeah. should I be taking body profile photos? Do I look good enough mm. in my body profile photos? Shall we help everyone? And take body profile I think, photos. Just as we are. Yes. Because that's the thing, because, you know, I'm, for those who are watching on the YouTube stream or for mm. those who have ever seen a picture or a video of me, I'm a big, I'm a big boy, mm. you know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not what we considered conventionally attractive here in Korea. Uh -huh. So it's, what is that? Is that pressure to conform and to change yourself and whether you submit to that? Yeah, and I don't know about other countries, because this body profile thing, I think it's an international thing, mm. like the hashtag body profile. But... I wonder, because I've never seen it in Korea, people like kind of poking fun at it and just, you know, chubbier people, people like you and me who are not in great shape doing it 
because that would make it better. I feel. I like, think so. We have to we have to be accepting of everyone mm. and learn that there's not one particular shape or one particular size. As as the the, the narrator talks about in the book, there's this whole spectrum. Mm. It's not just two two different groups yeah. like that. And what was really interesting, there was a, a media interview I read uh, with the author Min, and he was talking about how when he was young. He got scolded and teased for walking like a girl. Oh, and so that led him to think about what it meant to walk right. Interesting. Yeah. So this idea of this walking practice—you have to practice your walking to become what people expect you to be. That is so true. But takes me back. Do you remember? I wonder if it was a trend where you were in the UK. Like people would ball. They'd be balling on the streets or bowling, they would call it, and that would be walking like with a limp to look cool. And the guys in our school did it. And if you didn't do it, you were seen to be a bit of an idiot. And I was like, that's so uncomfortable to do. But I tried it as well. Sure, you fit in. Peer pressure, you conformed. Yeah. yeah so I think I, I think this is really relevant, especially to younger people. I mean, we're you know we're we're old and fogeyed. <laughs> yes, um, but. I mean, the the author as well. He was writing it at a time when he was lonely. He's talked about, and he was using dating apps, which are, are quite isolating, mm. um, and worrying that who am I going to meet, yeah. and am I going to meet someone who's going to hurt me, is going to murder me, for example. That's a concern. Yeah, and it's so it's a concern about being young and being lonely and being isolated. What I, what I think is an issue for a lot of young people in Korea, a mm. lot more single person households, but also it's dealing with the pressures and the isolation, and the fear that the LGP. TQ plus community in Korea and around the world are facing, mm. and we're in this very sort of volatile time all over the world. If you look at the news, where people are getting attacked for what they look like or who they are, mm. and it sort of deals with these issues in a really interesting body horror sort of a way. Yeah. So if you're a fan of horror, if you're a fan of sci-fi, if you also are interested in queer fiction and interested in in you know. The situation in Korea and how that's expressed through art. Yeah. I think Walking Practice is a brilliant book, and I say if you like horror and you like a read that can be a little bit confronting, <laughs> you need to get your hands on this book. Yeah, with that issue at the heart, at the core, and from an alien perspective as well. I think that's a really ingenious way of yes, doing it. Right? It is. It, it's it's a fascinating read, and the typography, the way that the typography changes as the <laughs> alien relaxes back into its form, things like that. Um, it's a really original concept. There are also beautiful illustrations by the author mm. um, of oh, wow. the alien in different emotional states at different times. Um, so it's sort of it's playing with imagery, it's playing with typography, it's playing with your mind. Yeah, it sounds brilliant and completely mind blowing. Aaron saying people use body profile pics to track their progress dieting here, whereas Leon says a lot of them these days are digitally altered so heavily it defeats the purpose. But well, I don't know what is the purpose, right? It it's, should be. It's hard. Are we doing it for ourselves, or are we doing it to please other people? It's mm. it's an odd thing, and it's a really difficult thing. And I I think we were lucky to grow when we did. Yes, when the internet was like not so prevalent. Media. <laughs> Yeah, because the pressure that young people are facing in terms of body image and who they are and who they're allowed to be or who they want to be is really difficult. Really, really tough, isn't it, Paul? Thank you as ever for these beautiful readings. Uh, yes, uh, thank you to everyone. Thanks to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for the help with copyright permission for the broadcasts. Thank you to Dolgi Min for his incredible book into Victoria Cordell for an excellent translation. I love it so much. Get your hands on it. Next week we're doing a short story that's available for free online. It's called The Flowering. It's by Soyeon Jung and it's translated. By Ji Hyun Park and Gord Seller, the flowering by Soyeon Jung. All right, we'll see you next Wednesday, Paul. See you then.
you can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.